Switched On on FM 104 and I'm joined by the founder of Orb Media, Kira Sheehan. Hello. Hi Louise, how are you? Very good. Thank you so much for chatting to us once again. So the metaverse, what is happening in the world this week? So this week we came across a really interesting development in the smartphone area, although it's called a post-smartphone device. And what it is, is a small square item that's about the same size as a tin of mints that you attach to your outer clothing. And with that attachment is basically a phone without a screen. So the two designers are ex-Apple, they're husband and wife, and they designed this item so that we could all be present in the moment, but that we could use this device. It's called an AI pin, called the Humane AI pin, and that it would be driven by AI and enable us to engage meaningfully with technology, but not being on our phones. So it's it's quite phenomenal to look at. It's like a little, kind of a little square box is what it looks like. And um, it does lots of like phone tech kind of uh, functionalities. It's not always listening. So you have to tap it to switch it on. Mm-hmm. It does voice. It's operated by touch and gesture. It translates languages. So if someone speaks to you in Spanish, it will tell you what they mean and it will translate back to you in English. It's connected with a network. So in the US, it's connected by T-Mobile and that enables all the call and text functionality. It's got a 13 megapixel camera and a motion sensor. Now, interestingly, they have what's called a trust light on it. So it's a little blue light that sits on the left hand side of the device and once that's on, people know that you are recording. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea is that we're not in the same space as we are with the Facebook glasses. Yeah. Um, it comes with access to tidal streaming, so you can stream your music to it. So in the product demo, they say, uh, uh, play a song that's composed by Prince, but not performed by Prince. And then it plays Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares to You. And, you know, there's other different access to different AI platforms that are built into it. Like chat GPT is built into it. Cloud services are built into it. Uh, they seem to have a strong partnership with Google in the Google cloud services are there. So uh, it's kind of like on my iPhone, I have to pay for everything, all the services. Mm-hmm. But with this, it seems to be a bit more flexible. And I really um, like the idea of being able to move away from a phone as well, because we're very much screen orientated at the moment. Yeah, well, that's the whole idea that it's called a post smartphone device, mm-hmm. which is like it's it's quite strong language, like quite futuristic strong language if you're comfortable with it, yeah. which a lot of people aren't. So there was there's a, a really funny woman who is um, a, a smartphone, a, a smart device and wearables expert in New York. And she was like, there's not a chance this is going to work, she said, for all the women out there, there's no way that we're going to be able to wear flimsy blouses and dresses and stick it the weight of a tennis ball on the front of our bodies and it's yeah. going to work. Now, according to the founders, they've done it, they've worn it running and jumping and they've tested, they've dropped it and okay. it's been fine. But I don't know if the men's bodies reacted in the same way as the women's bodies. So this woman, anyway, Victoria, she said that she took the Facebook glasses out one day on the train in New York and she put them on and the microphone was right in the centre of the bridge and was facing her mouth. And she spoke into it and she said when she spoke into it, she felt like an absolute cringe fest. Mm -hmm. And she just said, I can't do this. And in the article that reviewed it, she said it was hard enough with the Facebook glasses and the microphone pointing down 
there's not a chance I'm going to put my chin down to my chest and start randomly speaking yeah. really loud into a box on, on the front of my body. And that's the so thing. Put, <laughs> it might put people off a little bit. Well, exactly. I think, you know, in ideal circumstances where there's optimal noise cancellation and reduction then and privacy, yeah. that might be fine. But what kind of conversations would you be happy to have? And Openly. what kind of... yeah, Yes, and what kind of prompts and questions would you be happy to ask ChatGPT in a public environment yeah do you think so, we're going we will get it here like is it likely to come over here well it's well first of all it's 699 a month which is 699 to buy it and then there's a monthly subscription of 24 dollars so that would kind of equate to what the first iphone was when that came out yeah and they're always released in america first in order for it to become popular here you would need the networks to engage like the whole ecosystem in the same way that all the the phone manufacturers are tied into different networks and their retail outlets you would need the same structure replicated for it to scale really here mm-hmm. would you use and it? there could be would i yeah um i'd probably use it for a bit of crack but i wouldn't i'd leave it in a drawer i think mm. because the other side of the coin is that the data laws here are different than they are in the u.s now Everything I've read is like, it's okay. Don't worry about your data. We're not going to sell your data. But like, I'm like, "Mm, okay, where have I heard this before? Mm -hmm. So, and the fact that it's highly backed by VCs, like they're always looking for the 10x return on their money. So I would be thinking long-term, like I got rid of my um, Apple smartwatch purely because I was sick of it measuring everything and then telling me that I had a new trend. And I was like, (laughs) my new trend is none of your business. I don't know. If I have a new trend that I've done 5,000 steps less this month. Yeah. No, so I just felt it was intrusive. So I, it's upstairs, like never gets used. And I could see that this could go the same way, depending on the demographic of user. Because like, there's people out there who who survive and thrive on the stats yeah. that but their devices give them. I also think there's a there's an element of people as well who are getting too much information, like from everywhere, for everything. We're just like, we're overloaded with just information and almost, we don't really know what to do with it all either. So I don't know if maybe it's too much and it wouldn't be any harm to kind of go a bit more minimalist. Well, when I thought I was thinking of people with disabilities, to be honest. Excellent, yeah. That's the first thing I thought. Like, why is this not a medical device? Yeah. True. You know, obviously, as a technical device, it's got all its amazing features and the people who've created are very clever. But I just thought, what about people who have like limited speech, limited vision, limited movement, people that could really enhance their lives? Because they can direct it with your hands, can't you? Yes. So it has this little laser in it and you can it points into your hand. And if you move your hand, that affects the direction of the instruction on the device. Right. And you can do stuff like you can put the guy in the video has a um, handful of almonds and he says, what's the weight of these almonds? And it says like 200 grams. And then he says, can I eat these almonds? What have I eaten today? And then it brings up the the macronutrients of what he's eaten that day. Wow. That's clever. So like, like It's clever and also like a bit OTT. Well, that too. <laughs> depending on your view. <laughs> but I was just thinking like there's a lot of people that would help. Yeah. So 100%. I would like to see it like as a tech for good mm-hmm. rather than tech for ego, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, I would love to have a go at it. I think it would be a great one to to have a shot at and see how, how it would work in like everyday life. How would it really, you know, fit into someone's day? I'd like to see that. <laughs> but like, would you get on the loose with no, it? No, 
No, I wouldn't be. I, I don't like phone calls anyway. <laughs> Never mind in a public well, could place. Could you imagine? Imagine you get on the loose and you've got your camera on. <laughs> I'd look like it's security. Awkward. I'd look like security. Awkward. <laughs> and there's actually a piece that referred to the security man who worked outside the building of um, where this journalist was taken in to, to look at the demo. Mm-hmm. And the guy outside was like, I, don't, I, I could see all these people walking towards me with this mm-hmm. look like a body cam. I wondered what it was for months. And that's what it was. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know himself. And that's the thing. That that's like, what it was. like all these businesses. Businesses and buildings you're walking into, they might be a bit like, what are they doing? Who who are they recording? What are they doing? So there's exactly. probably a little bit of that as well with it. But I was talking about this next one during the week because the weekend also featured on Fortnite. But Eminem, he broke it for a bit. He basically broke Fortnite, yeah. Excellent. He did. Um, <laughs> like Fortnite's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, um, on a Minecraft's biggest game in the world, Fortnite is second after it. But um, yeah, he basically broke it because he went on for six minutes in the middle of it's called the Big Bang event. And by all accounts, it looks like it was phenomenal. But 11, te- 11 million people all logged on at the same time. Excellent. And uh, two and a half to three million had to watch it on Twitch. And basically he broke it because it was he was just such a compelling performance for six minutes. And I think he was involved in the gaming element as well. So yeah. people could play while he was playing. Oh, cool. Okay. And he broke it. Yeah. But it does blow my mind because like Fortnite isn't new. It's not the first time they've done these kinds of um, in-game shows. So for it to to go down kind of make me wonder why. Like, why is it so sensitive, I suppose? Well, I knew some children who are gamers that were logged in from 90 minutes beforehand just to get in. And apparently the queue was two hours long. If you can think of it like a Ticketmaster queue. And then they re-showed it three times over the weekend and people still had to queue for that. That's there was lots of on, on Reddit and like on the gaming forums, there's lots of whinging and bitching about it. But um, in general, I thought that they, I thought they would have scaled up enough for it. But to be fair, 11 million people all at one go is a massive, like it's yeah, a massive uh, server nightmare. Like we think it's bad when t- Ticketmaster goes mad on a Friday. <laughs> That's not 11 million like, people. Yeah. No, it's not 11 million people. And the other thing to remember is the 11 million people are gamers. They have instant gratification. They're used to really quick graphics. They're used to being in the game, interacting in a community. They're not used to looking at the wheel spinning. That's true. Yeah. They went quick. So they would have even less patience tolerance for it. Yeah. Yeah. Than we would have. So when I, I read through loads of the comments on the Discord and I just thought, Oh, first world problems, lads, you know. <laughs> We're all used to it at this point. But still, but, but still, it's good to see Eminem can still pull them in. Com- yes. Like, comparably, he hasn't been around much. No, and I think he did that purposely. Like, I think, as far as I'm aware, he's refused to do many, like, he refuses to tour again. So he's kind of just doing these pop-up things. He has his own spaghetti sauce that he's selling. So he has other things going on and he's just like, well, I'll pop in when suits me. And I, you know, he's kind of at a point where he can just do what he wants to do, which is nice. For him. And I'm sure it's a handy, handy few, Bob. Oh, like he doesn't yeah. have to go schlepping off to the airport and go all around the world with no. trucks and crew and tour buses mm-hmm. and hotels. Yeah. I so bet he made nicely. as much money in six minutes as he would have made on a whole tour. Oh, probably. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. So, yeah. So bearing in mind that the price of tickets is surging at the moment in this mm-hmm. country, <laughs> I think it was in fairness, yeah. it would probably cost parents a lot less for their children to watch the gig on Fortnite. in the middle of Fortnite than it would 
to go off to the three arena with them. Yeah, it's very true. Kira Sheen, founder of Org Media, thank you so much for chatting to us. Thanks, Louise.